Welcome to the Of Course China podcast, where China expats Zivan Fernando bring forth the stories and know-how of people making their mark in the Middle Kingdom. If you enjoy this episode, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a review. We appreciate your support and thank you for listening. Today we're here at the Dongcheng Walking Street in Dongguan, the city where we live. And our guest is Noel Lee, who came all the way from Shenzhen. He's a Singaporean expat. Who's been living here for quite a few years, right, since the beginning of the century. And uh, we're going to be talking about the work that he does. As you can see right here, collectibles, pretty cool. So don't go anywhere. See you after this short break. Welcome to our show. Hi, Fernando. Well, thank you for having me. I always call you Caliber Wings, uh, but that's your YouTube name, right? You have a YouTube channel. Um, tell us a little bit about these things that we have here. I think they're related to the name Caliber Wings on YouTube, right? I do want to say first, some people are listening, yeah. right? So maybe we can describe what we see here. Yeah. It's uh, what are these? Yeah, what are these? All right. So in front of us is uh, two models of the Macross VF1. Uh, Valkyrie fighter. So these are basically from the animation uh, macros that originated from Japan, mm -hmm. and we have uh, made them as one is to seventy-two scale uh, diecast models. So in the animation, these things transform into robots. Oh. Okay. But unfortunately, these are static models that we have done, so they do, do not transform, and they are made primarily of diecast metal, as you can see from uh, on the table. As one example on the right, which is not painted, so all the silver parts are basically the diecast zinc metal, and then on the left of that would be the, how it looks like when it's completely painted. So you do collectible collectibles, right? You said before. Don't call them toys. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> yeah, I would automatically, but fair enough. I'm learning today, right? Yeah. Well, here's here's the thing that that a lot of people probably don't know. But when you showed it to Ziv, he just grabbed it by the <laughs> wings, was it? And you said like, that's not how a collector would hold them. Show us how do you? I mean, why it should be like that? And well, how do so you first hold them? Of all, um, you know, these uh, models are static. So you know, if you want to hold them up, you want to. Uh, appreciate them like a like a baby, okay. because this could right. well be something that you've done yourself from a model kit. Okay. So if something that's done uh, yourself and you know uh, made from like intricate parts that you put together by glue, then you want to be careful with it. Sure. So uh, unlike uh, a toy, which is normally uh, made to withstand the abuse of a child, um, if this were to Drop on the floor, it was smashed into pieces. Oh, whereas yeah. a toy, if you drop it on the floor, it will still survive. Okay. So this is not for children. This is uh, unless you know you have lots of big bucks and you wanna you know drop one. See like oh, that, you oh, drop okay. one and you wanna ah. buy another one. So <laughs> right. yeah. So um, it's uh, very valuable, right? Like how much does this piece cost? Okay, so um, it is uh, retail. This one at about 120 US dollars, mm -hmm. and the reason for the price is because there is a manufacturing cost that goes along with it. Uh, primarily because, first of all, this is done in limited numbers. It is not like mass produced right. mm -hmm. by the tens of thousands. It's right. only 1,000 pieces. So when you have something that's 1,000 pieces, the market is very niche. Um, you know, there's a accompanying cost factor that comes with a smaller production number. Yeah, for sure. When you say 1,000 units, you produce 1,000 units yes. because I have another question about how many right. pieces are there is it, here. Is but it yes, numbered? please continue. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so in our other models uh, that we have, like the F14s and F16s, we have a limited edition card that comes with the model. So when you have a model and it says one of 1,000, you know, there yeah. is uh, proof of that particular production uh, run. Okay. However, for these guys, you know, we have uh, structured the packaging in such a way that because it's more catered towards the well, it's a different it's a different audience between the aviation military jets and these animation mm. uh, replicas. Different so crowd. for for this particular one, we made do without the cut because the cut takes up space in the packaging, mm -hmm. and you have seen it in our packaging. You know, it's more it's more compact, so that is another reason why we left out the the okay. cut on the model. I see. Yeah. Um, okay, now to the question, something that came up when you were talking. How many pieces are there in this particular collectible, for example? 
All right, so in this particular one, I would say that's about 60 odd pieces. And then in our other uh, models, like the F14, that's about 100 plus pieces and the F16 as well. How do they, so the pieces, what is the material of the pieces? Well, as you can see from here, this example. Yeah. This is without paint. Right. So the, the, the silver parts are all the die cast metal and the transparent parts are all the uh, plastic parts. So as you can see itself, you have a opening part here. So that's one oh, the part. Cockpit. You have a little uh, heads up display there. That's one part. You got the ejection seat there. That's another part. You have uh, the wheels, the tires, you have uh, this section here, which is divided into a few parts. So all in all, there's about 60 parts together in this thing. So these are not toys, <laughs> but they're probably made in a toy factory, if I, um, I'm assuming. Do you make I mean, them? I'm presuming. Well, yes and no, because um, toy factories normally don't entertain the business for this, because it's the, the, small cap quantity and, right, the uh, capacity and their, and right, their right. Um, what do you call it? The the line, the production line. Yes, yeah. You know they need to have this guy doing this thing, this guy doing that thing. Right. So it's it's very focused. But in this case, we actually have a few people doing everything because you need to have. It's as if the workers are actually model makers. Okay. So that's something that I guess uh, most people need to appreciate that, you know, these people I at see. the factories are really wow. I mean, they are actually building the models. Right. They are building these models for us. That otherwise you would be building yourself, buying a kit getting the glue getting the paints getting it wrong so yeah so, so yeah it's quite amazing uh, we, uh, kudos to the factory uh, workers who are helping us to assemble all these things yeah i mean it's very detailed and a lot of parts so yeah. um is there i mean the the workers do they sit at the factory line with an instruction number one number two number three how does it work because Right. The so pieces come in also order. Made in China often is uh, referred to as not very good quality, right? <laughs> well, I see you're, you're laughing. Yeah. We will talk about that on another subject. Right, we we'll just right. put it together. Oh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's let's just uh, focus on this first. So, um, how the model is put together is basically, you know, every part is first of all broken down by the chief engineer at the factory mm -hmm. who knows exactly what goes where what comes first mm -hmm. and then this is then disseminated down onto the floor manager so the floor manager will then get these instructions and then delegate who does what to the workers mm -hmm. along the line so everybody has a specific task so if the guy who is doing the painting will only paint everything black or whatever color that's on on there and the guy who's doing the printing will print all the colors that we've approved Mm -hmm. All these things that you see, right? The red, the white, these are all yeah. printing, mm -hmm. all right? Only the overall color black is painted, all right? And comes the assembly. So everybody will have, will have a, a task. For example, if you're there doing the wings and this part of the body, you'll be doing that. If you're doing the two engine parts, you'll be doing that. So there's no chance of getting a mistake. Okay. It's yeah. very labor intensive, right? Oh, yes. So only the parts are made by machines, the parts. But they, then putting it together, it's totally... Correct. Now that you mentioned that, that uh, Zef, uh, Zif, yeah. is that uh, you know all these things are tool. So there is a mold that is uh -huh. involved. Right. We initially a start. Lot of molds. Yeah, we initially start with the 3D drawing. So this is actually drawn on the computer as a 3D model. Mm -hmm. uh, it is then output as a prototype. Uh, that's normally a 3D printed art article. And we look at the 3D printed article and look at it and see if it's actually correct, if there's any uh, major gaps, anything wrong. Because you can't actually see everything on the computer, right? Yeah, yeah. You can only see so much. But once it's in your hands, you can actually inspect ah. it much more closely. You can zoom in like there's that an issue and here. see, you know. And then you can finally see, oh, this is not too well done. Let's change that over there. So once you're satisfied, you can go ahead and do the tooling. And the tooling is all CNC. Uh, mm -hmm. on steel molds mm -hmm. and exactly that is the only section that is uh, not labor intensive it's mm. done by the computer right. and you know we have the injection of the metal the plastic that's all done by the computer yes. alright yeah. so I would like to know one model like this um, how long does it take to make and how many people are involved but when you say make from from design until the end no, or, or no. to assemble no to assemble to make it uh, so you got all know, the to, pieces to manufacture correct right. so typically um, something like, like this, we spend about, you know, three, three, four days to inject the parts. Yeah. And then we have about a day or two to clean the parts. You got to get it off the tree. You got to uh, polish the parts that's like sharp. Mm -hmm. um, and then you go to painting. That's about another three, four days, depending on the complexity of the, of the scheme. And then you 
you know, if it's all good, you print it another two, two three days and then assemble it. So, say about a month. But the, yeah. So wow. the assembly, that's where, that's where uh, kind of my Correct. question was going right. to, right? The assembly is the longer part. The longest uh, part. Well, well, not exactly. Because everything, um, if, if the model is put together in a, in a not so complex, complex way, we have other models that's more complex. So this is much more simple. So this is actually done maybe within a week or so. For, for the yeah. 1,000 Yeah, for the 1,000, yes. Right. Yeah. How do you find the factories, sorry? I mean, are there a lot of people doing this or is it complicated? Well, factories is something that is uh, hit and miss, all right? <laughs> uh, first of all, like in China, everything, you have Guanxi. Mm-hmm. So you got to know the people. She's relationship. Relationship, yeah. okay. Yeah. So if you don't, if you go in Alibaba and look for a factory, most probably you wouldn't find somebody who is that much concerned or invested Interested, in what you're yeah. doing, right? Sure, it might just yeah. be another uh, job. He can take it or leave it, right? Yeah. So I guess looking for a factory is as good as looking for an investor. You need to do your legwork. You need to find uh, the right partner. And then once you've done that, then you start to uh, work at the factory to, to make sure they understand what you're, what you're going for. Mm-hmm. Because again, most times factories are just taking your job as a job, right? Mm-hmm. Like that and like that in and out but sometimes you need to tell them no 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 this is something that requires much more dedication you need to make sure that you do them right because if you don't do them right it affects the brand so mm-hmm. knowing so, factories yeah. knowing factories in china i would assume that a lot of factories just tell you no no thanks right <laughs> well no no factory rejects business but yeah. most of the time they will say okay i can do it they can promise you the world but they only deliver you right. uh, ground level you know right. so but it's so like, how yeah. do they say because that's an interesting an interesting cultural thing i mean i've always said to people like chinese people are not good at saying no they'll say no in another way right yeah, like they, they give you a crazy no, price they don't and say you're like, oh, okay. no or uh, we're too busy or whatever yes, like yes, 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 but yes. they don't say like no <laughs> very cultural right yes. very guangxi <laughs> well i yeah. think uh this aspect is really very it, it's 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 up to the situation right. it can be you know uh it's so diverse there's so many answers to it mm-hmm. there's no def- definitive one answer it could be you know this factory is actually a very professional factory they want to do it properly this guy could be maybe just you know, taking care of the big customers and the small customers, less care. So it depends. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, are there many people doing this kind of business in China? Lots of it. Lots of As it. As we all know, China is the manufacturing yes. epicenter of the world. Yeah. yeah. Right. So everything is done uh, in China. But uh, and in particular to our collectibles, you have big brands and small brands and medium sized brands. The big brands are the Hasbro's, Mattel, um, these are the, the real collectible uh, the toy brands and they're also going into collectibles manufacturing yeah. in recent years yeah Mattel mm-hmm. is around here right Shenzhen oh I'm not too sure about yeah, that I they, think so. yeah the factories are pretty uh, I don't know so if this is a collectible uh, yes. I, I'm not I'm I don't know too much about uh, uh, this industry, but uh, uh, is it like if I buy this today for one hundred and twenty dollars or whatever it costs in well, retail? The value. What about in ten years? It's going to be worth more, or? All right. So this question is relative. Yes. If you have a good product, limited quantity sold out, and if people are looking for it, yes, it will automatically increase in value. But if your product is not good nobody wants it then it will decrease in value mm. so if this guy is sold out and our our stuff is actually something that's increasing in value because people are looking for it after there the 1000 is, no is right. done they're looking back at the old series they're looking for it so it increases in price so you can find it on ebay actually right so the proof is in the pudding uh-huh. yeah. just, you find how do you, your stuff on ebay yeah you can how do you it and, uh, sell them how do you sell them do you have a website do so you uh, a, a normal run a normal run is a thousand pieces and mm. we can't possibly sell a thousand pieces ourselves although we love to <laughs> if we can actually do the b to c mm-hmm. we can actually uh you know market the product much more economically but because you know the ways of economics we have to take care we have to engage distributors and retailers to help us sell Mm -hmm. so therefore you know we are relying on these uh, partners to help us move our product across china japan is basically international market it's just big Mm -hmm. companies they're like agents of collectibles correct they're all they're all uh, basically in the business for a long 
long time. It's not something that just happens yesterday. They have been a business yeah. for tens of years. So they already did their marketing. And 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 these uh, collectors collectibles are not something that's only done yesterday it's it's done for ages you have corgi back in the day doing die cast uh you have uh you know other brands that is doing all these kind of skill models and we're just here today to present the latest in these offerings how did you get into this industry it was something that you uh well i'm actually a, a kid at heart still Yeah. At, at 44 years old, uh, ever <laughs> since I'm a kid of the 80s, I, I love uh, 80s cartoons, and I got into skill modeling. Head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I got into skill modeling when I was in my teens, and it didn't stop there. Right from skill modeling, I attended uh, aerospace uh, exhibitions, got really involved in wanting to be a pilot and all these things. So yeah, we're, it, we're commenting about your T-shirt, sorry, <laughs> because I was inverted. If you uh, guys are familiar with this one, that's a Top Gun quote. Like, how did you realize that the MIG was so something something? Uh, because I was inverted. That's okay. a, that's a you got yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. So sorry, continue. Right. So yeah. Um, so I'm a I'm a basically a, a fan of pop culture and skill models. So I, I mesh the two together and I do put my do my best to. Uh, transfer the high demands of collectors in the pop culture market onto scale models, which otherwise, back before us, was basically done in a more subdued manner. Mm -hmm. yeah. You were you were chatting with Ziv as we were doing the setup, and you were talking about um, COVID and 2020. Um, what were some of the consequences, the effects uh, business. of business uh, for you in this particular industry? Right. Um, the effects would have been uh, calamitous if I had not come into China on the third of February last year, because yeah, because the, the the borders closed on the on the fourth of February, and you know me being a foreigner without like big businesses in China, I wouldn't be allowed into into China. Mm. So if I, if that had had happened, then there'll be no. Buddy managing the entire production for the entire 2020, no models out. That means business yeah. would have closed. Shut so down, I was please. I was fortunate that I stayed in Shenzhen in China, and once uh, COVID was pretty much handled in China, the factories reopened in about late March April. I was back in the swing of things. I was churning out models, and you know it really didn't affect me that much. But this mm. this you're talking about the. Uh the manufacturing side of your business yes. right so like in, I, I guess when when you were saying it I realized like in this kind of business it's super important that you be here and go into the factory it's not like making something super simple I make straws okay hey I just yes. ordered a straw right? is a straw <laughs> yeah exactly I don't even have to be here right and tons of things right but what about the other side what about the, the um, consumers you know, consumers Correct. buying Correct. let me guess I mean this is something people are sitting at home probably buy more yeah you're right Is you're right correct? so you see um, the the audience that we have um, collectors sometimes even fanatics right yes. but we don't use that word we just collectors right <laughs> hardcore collectors <laughs> okay um, they are a very passionate group of people mm -hmm. and they work hard for the money that they spend on these collectibles that's why we do our best to make sure that the collectibles are done properly for them So these people uh, normally would have, like me, no other expenses besides buying these things. Mm -hmm. So we have the, that cash set aside for our hobby. But yes, they are the occasional collector that, you know, in the pandemic, they maybe lost their job or, you know, and there was a discussion before in the forums that, you know, these are not the essential things. Right. You take care of your family first. Yep. You put food on the table. Mm -hmm. That's important. And then we can talk about this later. So yes, there are definitely con uh, uh, effects on the business side in regards to these, you know, collectors who uh, can't really afford to keep up with mm -hmm. what we're churning out due to what's happening. And also, because of what's happening, um, freight costs increase tremendously yes, yes. Mm. and that actually uh, I, we felt that very much during our uh, B2C website where we are asked to have the collector pay much more for that shipping because otherwise if they paid the normal shipping it, it it's like held in the warehouse it's not moving you know one to two months three months it's not even getting there by air mail that we paid mm. for so we actually have to tell them hey if you need your models faster uh, guaranteed to reach there you have to 
pay more for the FedEx and the DHL. But it's it's it's, it's something that affects everybody. So I think that people are like, eh, but yeah. in the end, you're like everybody's getting right, hit right. with this increase. So someone that uh, is a collector, I mean, I guess there are many, many, many levels, right? They're probably beginners, and there are people that have a thousand pieces yeah, of yeah. this kind of stuff at home, right? Yes. Um, what's the most expensive one you've ever made? Uh, right now, our models are priced pretty steadily at about 150 US. Okay. So we haven't actually gone way above okay. that. So 150 is about the exp most expensive uh, model that we've made on the retail side. And how do you differentiate yourself from other people that do the same thing? Okay, so uh, I'm a fan doing things for the fans. Right. So as a fan, uh, I look at what's in the market. Like this is a couple of years back, a few years back in fact. Um, I look at what's in the market and I look at the, the model and I think, you know, this is not what I would actually want as a, as a collector. So I went into the business myself to incorporate all those features that I don't see that is currently in the market. To improve. And to have it right here for you guys. Make it better. Yeah. That, that, that makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. So how, how okay. How, I want to talk a little bit, unless Fernando, you have more questions specifically nope. about that. I want to talk sure. about your journey mm. up to this point, yeah. right? Um, you started this company in 2014, you say. Yes. But before that, you've done, you've worked for other companies, maybe in something a little similar. Yeah. I guess. What, yes. what, what is uh, What have you done before this? So I came to, well, let's go back way back to the year 2000. Okay. That's when I finished my national service. Right, in uh, Singapore. And, and I came out and I actually did, did some insurance before that. And it was uh, not very successful. Okay. And I started selling all my toys on eBay. Your own toys? <laughs> my own toys. On eBay? Toys. So, those were yeah, toys? Those were toys. Okay. Because toys. Right, I, was, I was a kid of the 80s, I was buying all these toys and uh -huh. I had all these toys. And I was selling my own toys. Toys can be a big market, right? Like a collectible toys. Yes. So I was selling them on eBay and then I was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm getting so much money for them. So I started to carry on selling my toys until I sold out and I got to find more toys. So what do I do? I go to Japan to buy the toys, come back home in Singapore, put them on eBay and sell them again. Oh. And this went on until 2005. Wow. For five years. <laughs> in between that, I also set up a, a shop with my friend in Singapore, a retail shop for two years. And then suddenly I felt that, uh, you know, the climate is changing. Because as Singaporeans, we're all very entrepreneurial. Uh -huh. We want to, our minds are always working. So at a point of time, I realized that my, my, my customers were becoming my competitors. Why? Why do I say that? Because instead of buying one model or one toy, they would choose to buy one carton from the, from the wholesaler. And then yeah. they would sell like, uh, so one carton normally is a six. Mm -hmm. So they would sell five pieces and then the profit would pay for the six piece. <laughs> right? So when things are going on like that, there's no point for me to carry on in, okay. in Singapore. Yeah. Customers became too smart. Right. So that's okay. when I, I uprooted and went to Hong Kong. And thankfully, I got a recommendation uh, for a job position as a merchandiser in a collectibles online store, mm -hmm. Action HQ back then. And then from then on... That was the first time you actually first... went into being closer to the manufacturing of it. Yes. Right. So now that I'm in Hong Kong, I'm seeing more toys. I'm looking at the streets, the the, 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 the toy streets. I'm seeing the wholesale. I'm right there in the thick of things, although not yet in China, in the factory, right? right. But at least in the Hong Kong area, you have your Wan Chai toy wholesale street, everything there. You're like, oh my goodness, right? It's all from the factory, right? So I was working at Action HQ for a couple of years. Well, all the way from 2005 till before I started my own business, okay? And along the way, the company actually ventured out into licensing. So what it did was that it took on licenses and it started to make its own products and it's called Popbox Collectibles. So I was uh, involved because of my modeling background. I was, in, I was involved in helping the company to do prototypes, painting, etc. So that on went on for, for a few years and then suddenly, uh, my boss decided to uproot and go to Canada. So that's when I say, hey, I got to do this. I got to continue this. So I did it my, on, on my own. And, and I came out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So you always be, it's, it's, it's been written, this, this journey, I think, in advance, right? It sounds like you keep doing the, the like well, you said in the beginning. Sorry. Steve Jobs said that you can only connect the dots by looking backwards. True. So, <laughs> yes. So, okay. Um, you are from Singapore. 
Yes. You said you have done the uh, the service, and you went into Hong Kong in 2005, right? Five, yes. 2005. Uh, how was it? back then for a Singaporean to go and live in Hong Kong? Well, um, Singapore and Hong Kong are not exactly dissimilar. Right. Right. It's right. Very, very similar. Very similar. But uh, in terms of the food choices, that's the difference comes in. For example, I'm used to Singapore having breakfast where we have tons of selection. You have your Malay uh, food, you have Indian, you have right. our Chinese noodles and even rice in the morning. But over in in Hong Kong, we have uh, instant noodles. We have uh, you know, yeah, it's like it's, it's different. It's very different Dim for sum. me, yeah. and I got uh, I got some time to get used to it actually. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, are there many Singaporeans? Uh? Oh, I think there are many yeah. Singaporeans in Hong Kong. Definitely. You have a Chinese heritage, or yes, I'm Chinese, so you can speak. Yes, I can speak Mandarin. Yes, Mandarin. Yes, Mandarin. No Cantonese. Uh, Cantonese, I learned when I was in Hong Kong. Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and. Um, you lived in Hong Kong for uh, up until a couple of years ago, you yeah, said, right? Yeah, yes. So it's a long time in Hong yeah, Kong. Yeah. Does Hong Kong feel feels like home for you, or? Yes, definitely feels like home. Uh, you know, you stay in a place long enough, you you have attachment to it. That's without question. Right. Unless on the onset you already don't like it, then there's no way you can stay for so long, right? Mm, so true. Yeah. So I while in Hong Kong, I enjoyed. Uh, aside from, I mean, it's it's a very compact place. And although the accommodations are very small and uncomfortable to somebody who's used to like a bigger space, you know, that's, that's a bit of a sacrifice for the other things. Mm -hmm. The other things that I saw in Hong Kong was, was the, uh, uh, an amazing system of transport directly from, right. the tr from the airport to the city, right. the airport express. My goodness, like, whoa, wow. Yeah. In Singapore, you need to actually take a normal subway it's still like this now? Yes, it's still like ah, this. Okay. The normal subway train brings you to the airport versus an ex a, a specific Dedicated airport express. Which, which is mm. the same now in Beijing and Shanghai. Yeah, Daxing has yeah. Uh, yeah. 135 yeah. kilometers an hour. I was hour. just on that train. Right. Yeah. And, mm. even, and even in the post office, you get Frank stamps as a sticker. You don't need to lick the stamps and put it on. Right. So I, I found all these things to be like, wow, this is a quite advanced in, in, in Hong Kong. And yet you have the very back the old, very old things. You got, you got the shop having the the, the backers and the yeah. writing you receipts. You know, yeah. You have every, you, it's <laughs> yeah. such a multifaceted thing. <laughs> yeah. And 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 the thing that I love most about Hong Kong are the trails, the mountain trails. Mm. So along the way, I got involved in trail hiking, running, you know, marathons and stuff. So I actually right. uh, explored those trails, and yeah, then I found that this is an amazing place, beautiful. Beautiful. There is a lot of you mentioned how, how lucky you were to find yourself on the Shenzhen side on February the 3rd last year. We're going to talk a little bit, well, that and much more after this very short break. Now it's part of the show. We want to talk a, bit, a little bit more about the uh, you living in Hong Kong, coming into Shenzhen. And I want to start with... Um, how the the difference in lifestyle uh, quality uh, has uh, grown smaller, right, over the years mm -hmm. from mainland to Hong Kong. So you lived in Hong Kong since 2005, and the first time you came into the mainland, other than that trip, right, mm -hmm. 2006, you yes. said you came from Hong yes. Kong, right? How how was it for you back then? The difference? How did it feel? Well. Uh as memory serves, the first time I came into Shenzhen was to go to the Sucheng, which is, I think, the book city. Mm. But I'm not too sure where, what it is right now. Okay. Anyway, so... In Shenzhen. In Shenzhen. So, when I got there, it is, it's this massive building that is empty. Just one floor that sells books. Mm -hmm. And that was the feeling I got. That is, it's a place that is still very much in development. Uh, you know, and then right now, fast forward to today, you have mega malls that is beyond your wildest imaginations. Take for example, Coco Park. Right. Amazing place. Shopping on the outskirts, dining on the inside, layers of dining, layers of shopping. Huge yeah, events, or event arenas across the street. Exactly. Right. You got everything there now, right? This is Shenzhen, yeah. right? And uh, um, How was it for you? How was it for me? Going to Hong so Kong. I, I, so I landed in Hong Kong in September 2003 and uh, I had to go to visit someone at the hospital right away. 
And the, 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 the first thing I remember is I wanted to smoke a cigarette after the flight. And I, everywhere you got, like, first of all, everywhere is inside. Is at the, the airport express. And you're still inside. You're Everything's natural, indoors. You're inside, you're inside. And then when I even went out, it's like there, is, there are these signs. 5,000 <laughs> 5, Hong Kong uh, fine. You can smoke here. You can smoke there. And I can't find a place to smoke a cigarette. You know? And you really obey that, obviously, in the beginning, at least, for sure. Um, so, and it's very futuristic. Looking at the metro, like, you know, um, how do you do stuff? I came from, you know, I was in New York before. The metro is different than mm -hmm. the subway. Um, but it was very cool, you know? And then I went to mid-levels, and it was very cool, Hong Kong. But then coming into China is uh, it's totally different feeling into mainland, right? It's so different. How was it for you? Well, I flew into mainland, so I, right. I, I didn't know. So I made my way from Harbin down to uh, Xi'an. And then down to Shenzhen, and then I cross the street, um, cross the street, cross the border to Hong Kong. Yeah, cross yeah. the street, yeah. cross the bridge yes. into Hong Kong. And and for me, it was like, oh my God, English everywhere. Right. That was the thing right. for me. Like, right. it just felt so comfortable. And my first experience was going to a Starbucks. And, and, right. and ordering my coffee, right. and I could hear people speaking German, people speaking French, Spanish, and I'm like, <laughs> like I'm in a cosmopolitan city. That's yeah. how I felt. So going back to China, I was like, here we go again. I can't communicate the way that I want to communicate. That was That's the and way then, it was in the past. And then I had to go 2003 still. Uh, the next few years, I had to go back to Hong Kong every month. Mm -hmm. Visa mm -hmm. uh, arrangements every month. And I just had to hang out at the, uh, the Harbor City, you know, uh, Nathan Road, I would yeah. be there. So I got to know that area really well. And after many times, you kind of get sick of going to Hong Kong. <laughs> I've been there many, many times, right? And because living here in the mainland was kind of nice. I mean, it's a slower it, pace. The one thing, yeah. I think I mentioned this before in another video, I don't know if you agree with me, but every time I had to go to Hong Kong was to do some banking because I had a representative office here and I had a company right. down there. Yeah. Every time I went to Hong Kong, like every month, I walked like yeah. crazy it's and there's no place to sit down until you buy something. Mm. Singapore the same because big cities tend to be like that. New York, uh, you walk a lot. Is um, it? I think Singapore has also developed uh, drastically since I left in 05. But when I've gone back on occasions to look at it, uh, it's still difference in terms that there is still enough space for you to sit down, bigger walkways, mm. you know, but Hong Kong, yes, like Nathan Road, you, you can't really, no. <laughs> there, no. is, there, is, <laughs> there is nothing, right? right. Uh, and, and, it's a stampede. <laughs> and yeah, there's no, there's no seats on the, on, the, on the roads, nothing. Uh, so yeah, but Singapore, you still have, if you've gone to Singapore in recent times, you'll see that even though the country is more people now, with the influx of uh, expats uh, after 05, doubling our population, you can still see that it is designed in such a way, the infrastructure, right? The, 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 the planning, the, 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 planning, the city planning. Right. The city planning, right? You have, yeah. your, you have your garden areas, you have your, you know, sitting here, you have your little cafe right. there. So it's pretty comfortable still. Mm -hmm. one, one thing, one more thing that uh, is, is, you know, very uh, big impression for me in Hong Kong, um, the you know the, the again the harbor city what do you call the other place there there is this huge mall right it's like two malls that ocean, connect, right? ocean something ocean, ocean, ocean center, center ocean, ocean center. center yeah 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 those that area right the the, the public toilets the, oh, the bathroom yeah. inside that's why I used to stay in that area <laughs> <laughs> it was the, the I've never seen that really like I don't know maybe Singapore I've never been there but but this is like the best public toilet I've ever seen in my life I used the toilet in, in Singapore airport I was like there are better ones nowadays <laughs> yes. it's crazy I mean compared with mainland right. yeah. Right. Yeah, you it's, cross it's, the border in the open and like oh my right, god exactly. I forgot right. to go in Hong Kong so that's still a big difference right, right. this one is still interesting yeah. right but I mean so over the years this says uh, the mainland became more comfortable mm -hmm. I mean I always like living here because like you said the pace yeah um, and um, but things but it's just okay sorry sorry to interrupt you but it's, it's interesting to see that everything is made here in Dongguan Dongguan used to be the factory of the world yet it has a slow pace how how do you yeah how do you... I mean I guess the slow pace is uh, is outside in the street not right not in the factory maybe I well, mean, I don't know. People are more laid back here. 
Okay, let me. I mean, what's your opinion? Let me give a bit of uh, my, my take. So, I yeah. don't think that it is as slow pace because there's a lot of things that's happening in the background that we don't know. So, for example, you wouldn't know what's happening in the factory, right? Mm -hmm. But when I go to the factory, I see that they are up at the factory at 8 a.m. in the morning and they finish work at 9 p.m. But between that, they, they have their lunch at 12. They have a bit of rest and resume at 1.30. And then at five, they go for their well, five thirty. They go for their dinner and back at six until nine, and happens the next day, right? Mondays to Saturday sometimes. Okay, so I think that kind of pace. If I were to be there every day, I'll be I'll be worn out. I'll be worn out if I'm doing I think, that. I think it's maybe pace is the wrong word here because things get done in China and yeah. in Dongguan a yeah. lot. You know, this is one of the things us as expats when we go back home even someone to go back for good right to live back home it's like things are so slow things don't get done right right um so things get done here uh, uh, a lot i mean i'm because i'm very busy every day and i'm sure for another year too right yeah. and you're too and and most of the people here are so busy every day but still we say slow pace because there is something i don't know how to define it right and not to mention <laughs> and not to mention uh oh shall say them not to mention that you see all the May Tuan drivers, riders, right, all like right. zip, zipping around. Yeah, you know that's not slow pace. So how how does it feel slow pace for us? This is something we should think <laughs> I, about. I, I don't know. I yeah, don't know how to say it. But, it but I but I go to Shen. Yeah. No, you know, it's less probably, people in the street. No, you yes. know what I think it is 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 um is more laid back. I mean, look what you're wearing. Look what I'm wearing. Right, right. Look what he's wearing. Right, right, I mean, right. if you go to Shenzhen, it's, it's suit, like tie, so it's more. Right. You go to Guangzhou, it's the same. And Hong Kong for sure. Yeah. And Hong Kong yeah. even more. Yeah. So it's probably just laid back. You, you're more allowed to be however when you someone, want to be. Uh, when yeah. someone from Israel asks me how is this uh, Dongguan, I will say I, I pick a city in Israel, like Kiryat Gat, for example, which is like a hundred thousand, a uh, hundred thousand residents or less, and I say it's like that. But with 10 million people. <laughs> Imagine that. That's like, uh, okay, you know, because, yeah, it's laid back. We're laid yeah. back here. Uh, do you, do you, are you feeling, do you feel laid back, you know, in Shenzhen? Um, um, I mean, where do you live uh, now? In uh, Apart from, apart from, uh, I, li I live in Luowu, yeah, right? Luohu. So apart from the intensity of my uh, job, yes, which is the emails, the busy. work, right? right? Yes. So, it's very intense up here, right. but when I step out and just look at the patio, it's actually pretty serene right. around. You know, you have your schools there, right. you have the, the, the family picking up the children, right. you have the people coming back from the right. market with right. the, the food, the groceries. Right. So I think it's, it's not as, as fast-paced, right. I think. There's still enough time for your personal time yeah. and space. But the, the main thing that I think, the difference that uh, became smaller Again, like the, the very simple, uh, true example that I remember in 2005, some things that we wanted to buy here in Dongguan and I'm sure many other cities in China, uh, we had to go to Hong Kong. Yeah. Luckily, we're close to Hong Kong. So avocados, I couldn't get avocados here. As I, as I said, uh, when we were doing uh, the break, I used to go to Hong Kong to buy deodorant. Right. Because yeah. you yeah. couldn't buy right. deodorant here. Right. So there are many <laughs> things like that. In terms of, of manufacturing, mm. uh, You've been coming to Shenzhen to work and oversee manufacturing for your previous employer and now by yourself. Um, how has it changed? Have you seen uh, different stages of development? Are they much more professional? What are some of the changes that you've seen in manufacturing here in China That's over the years? Question. That's a good question. Um, it's actually pretty much the same. Um, you know, the, the processes in our collectibles involves injection, painting, printing, and assembly. So these processes have remained constant since back then till now. They don't see any like new methods or ways to improve. Robotics no, no, not in your exactly products. not not in. But but imagine you look at yeah. uh, phones and and yeah. and drones. Many things. That is like yes. between every every between a year is like between a remote control toy to now it's a remote control drone that's the, the big but, changes but the quality of of the work probably right. has the changed. okay the quality okay now we talk about the quality thing okay so people say that things are made in china is low quality right, right. That's so that, about that. that is a, a a is 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 a bit of a yes and no right because people come to china to make things 
overseas because it's cheaper than in their own country right. or not available in their own country. Like for example, if we did this in Singapore, there's no way. If I were to get a factory and pay Singaporeans yes. to do this, I would have, I mean, this is impossible. This, this would, would be, probably cost $1,000, right. right? So we, we come to China to seek this uh, cheaper uh, labor, which has been constantly increasing over the years. Mm -hmm. And then there's always the affordable versus the expensive. Yeah. Again, yeah. people have said that they've done things like cheap uh, spinners, mm -hmm. fidget spinners yes. to expensive Right. Uh, microphones and, and oh, iPhones. Sure. So I think things are made in China, cheap things yes. and expensive things. Yes, everything right. is made in China. Yeah, the exactly. way the way that exactly. I see it is the customer, the the, the person who is purchasing, um, sets the price. Says, "Hey, I need you to make this. Right? How much can you make it for? Exactly. Oh, I can make it for fifty dollars. Or I can make it for twenty dollars. Or I can make it for ten dollars. The ten dollars is going to be crap." The fifty dollars is going to be a collector's exactly. uh, pride. You very, know what I mean? Very high quality you, things. You decide what you want, and we'll make right. it for very you. Very high quality things are made here. Even more, uh, I think you can see it now with uh, like some industries have been moving to um, Vietnam, Cambodia, right? Mm. Uh, different places, and like for example, shoes. So shoes uh, factories are moving there, right? But it's the cheap shoes factories. The expensive, the expensive high-quality shoes need to be made here because after this 20, 30 years experience, they actually know how to make shoes very, very and well. And the cost here. of that learning curve would be too high. Right. Hmm. So, um, so actually, China got very uh, advanced with manufacturing. Got really good. It, it's not just the cheap things, but I think you know it's like a narrative in the world. Mm. Uh, uh, it's made from China. Made by you know in China is cheap. Mm -hmm. But wait a minute, just take a look at your other expensive items and just flip it behind and see it's made in China. So that, there right. you go. <laughs> right. Yeah. Made in China. What is it? Huawei? What is that? Yeah, Huawei. That's a Huawei. Right. So, okay. Um, and jumping a bit here, okay. right? But right. you were in Hong Kong, living in Hong Kong when the protests oh. were going on. Um, I guess it kind of subsided because of COVID. I don't know. Oh, uh, that's no? that's no. No, no let's be real. No. no, no. I don't know. So why why is it why is it the uh, national is it security law. now? National security national law. security law for shutting down and anything with the virus it no. it helped no. to no because the virus was alive while they were out there. Right, you mean last the year? first six months of the yeah. year? Ah. So yeah. six months ago it kind of stopped. Okay, yeah. so national security law. Yes, and they did some they get some punishments, right? But anyway, that's yeah. not the point. The point is like, how did it feel? How uh, you have the real experience of yeah, being there? Uh, so because I went on for tw 2019 and 2020. Yeah. So um, before that, no, no, 2014, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they started with the umbrella. Yeah, the umbrella yeah. movement, the Occupy uh, First, Central. Yeah. Right. So uh, my office was just a hundred meters away from Nathan Road. Okay. So when I come to office every day, I'm seeing the trash of umbrella. Oh, that okay. they have placed along Nathan Road mm. during the time where they really blocked off, right. uh, they choked off the artery of Nathan. How long was that one for? That was just... Oh, um, that was I, long. It wasn't like this time. Uh, no, not this short. long, but it was long, uh, like a it, month it was, or yeah, so. It was, it was some, uh, yeah, a month or so. Okay. And then they finally uh, cleared out the, the Nathan Road. So during that time, you know, I was taking pictures of all these things. I was like, you know, wait a minute. This is a very beautiful Hong Kong. Why did you make it like that? You know, why are you putting trash bins on the road and, and putting up cable ties on the fences to put it together and just whatever that you can find, you just... What was the issue back then, if you can remind me? Back then, 2014. Was it, I mean, similar kind of things, but what was the yeah, trigger? Yeah, it, it was... I don't remember the trigger. I think it was something from Beijing. Beijing, yeah, uh, <laughs> like pre-selected ah, who they the, could the vote leader. for. The suffrage. The yes. Okay. All oh, right. So the leader was no more fully democratically <laughs> chosen. It was never. It was never. Let's put it. But, yeah, let's yeah. be honest. It's, it's never. Right. right. Yeah. So, but okay, something happened, and there yeah. was uh, the yellow umbrellas, right? The leader. Yeah. You, you. That was just a few months or whatever, right? And then it stopped, right? Mm, yes, it stopped. And and, uh, it and was, then extradition, and then they came back. And extradition, okay, when did this start? 2018? Uh, yeah, is it? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, 18, right? So you live there and then now second time. Yes. Much worse, I would assume. Yes. Right? Yes. How did that feel? Because I've heard from friends in Hong Kong 
really how our story is. Yeah, I was uh, not actually in the thick of things. Okay. Um, but, but this was I, everywhere. No? Yeah, but I did. But I did experience going down to the subway, and then having to usher out again because the train wasn't coming because it was held somewhere else because of the yeah. the guys blocking the the trains. Mm-hmm. So that was the kind of inconvenience that we've experienced, um, and. Yeah, I think I was just basically minding up my own business most of the time, uh, doing my runs, you know, uh, trying to stay out of the conflict zones because there's no point for me to go there and just get involved. Right. Yeah, but I did I remember one time when I was coming uh, back from Macau, uh, I arrived at the Shuntak Ferry Terminal. When I came down, there was having lots of people in black outside at the, the roads. So that was the only time I saw it. Uh, I went back to the, the subway and then hit my way. Do you, yeah. I ask you a difficult question? You don't have to answer if yeah. you, you know. I, I understand your stand, right? Which is similar to you know a lot of people that we know their their stand. Um, but do you, do you have any sympathy, like to 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 that to that cause? I don't. You don't at all. No. No. No understanding even why. Not agreeing. Not sympathy. But understanding what they're doing. I- Okay. It's a tough okay. Yeah. All right. So for this, we have to be addressing it with with lots of uh, critical thinking right. and rationale. Right. We have always got to put ourselves in the other person's shoes. Yes. But the problem is that the people on the other side is not putting themselves in our shoes. See. So that's where conflict comes along. If we have the ability to understand each other, right? Is for example now, if you if you uh, let's say if you hate smoking and I'm blowing smoke in your face then you probably wouldn't like me that much. But if I knew you hate smoking, I blow the smoke the other way, then at least you'd know that I'm, I'm trying to protect you. So at least you may like me more, mm-hmm. right? So I think there, there is definitely a side that the people who are with the movement who believes in, but then again, this movement, if you trace the breadcrumbs, it actually originates from a more sinister agenda. So yeah. the... How should I say? It? The more simple, easygoing people are, are prone to be easily swayed by whatever they hear, so long as they think in their mind that it's correct. Not knowing that if they dig further and ask more questions, they might think, wait a minute. This is actually that? not right. This is not right. It's wrong. See? Because there's still a big half or more of the Hong Kong population who are silently against the movement. But they know that if you dare to speak up, you'll get burned, you'll get thrown with a brick in your face, right, right. You'll, you'll get doxxed online. Your, your right? so, business will so, be destroyed. So why am I... So everybody is keeping quiet in Hong Kong. So actually, they amassed a lot of uh, influence and force, this oh, of uh, the well, movement. This is why I've used the word terrorism. Right. Because people are terrified. People right. are, are, are afraid of talking, right. uh, saying things, going out. Right. So those few that actually talk um, are really vilified and attacked relentlessly. Um, look, you asked me what my position was and two things. Hong Kong had a has always been part of China since 1997. That's what it is. And they agreed on a 50-year transition. And a 50-year transition means that everything is going to start to change little by little. It's not that everything is going to change at midnight uh, 50 years on. It's like, oh, now we're different. No, it's little by little. So when they start changing how their, for example, the umbrella movement, right? Okay, this is how you're going to choose your your leaders according from Beijing, your capital. Uh, It's expected. So, um, when you think about, oh, they wanted more democracy, they wanted more freedom. I'm like, you're already at number three in the freedom index in the world. And well, you belong to China now. I mean, also, yeah. like, that was a contract. You exactly. <laughs> so, right. the, the idea is, I, I agree with the right to protest. I mean, I have nothing against protest. Have you seen protests in Dongguan? Yes. Remember the protests <laughs> in Carrefour? There have been protests. Oh. I've noticed... Not many, but at least two or three in my time here. But yeah, the, yeah. 
sure, there are protests and even smaller ones outside factories. I've sure, seen that, sure. Know. So that does take place. So the right to protest, I, I agree. When something is wrong, you, you should speak up, right? But these people were protesting for something that they already had. They had democracy in whatever way they, they, they had it. They wanted more democracy, but they had democracy and they had freedom. They just wanted more freedom. So you don't go and, and I think, start. I think they were afraid that their freedom was taken away. You know, that's, they don't want the freedom to be taken away from them. That's at least what they're thinking, right? So that's it what is, they're thinking. Yeah, so it is yes. again a, a matter of uh, personal, yeah. but on a, a more uh, society level that the information that they're receiving is, is misguided. I right. mean, are we not are we not free in China here? Right? I mean... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we, look, everybody says like, oh, you you know, those two people that we know of, uh, they say, oh, you can't interview people in China. We're outside, outdoors. <laughs> Police walking and driving by. Uh, how, how much we're, more free do we want this to be? We're quite yeah. free in Up China. Up 10 levels? Or? Sure. <laughs> right. But I mean, you know, whatever sympathy or no understanding, I mean, the, the way that they terrorize people, yes, I totally, all uh, everybody can see that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hear from friends, they don't take their kids in the, in the subway. Yeah. Because they start just, they just start hitting people, right? Mm. That's what happened. But now, is it? It's not happening. You no, say. no, no. Now it's not no, happening. No, no, no. So people feel safe now again. I yeah. think so. Yeah, in Hong Kong. I mean, we're not in Hong Kong now, so I can't no, speak. No, we for are that, not but, in Hong uh, Kong right yeah. now. But yeah, so that is my question. Mm. Maybe you're more involved. Yeah. You have friends in Hong Kong, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think it's it's uh, it's uh, yeah. They feel they feel better now. Yes. Uh, I wanted to I wanted to ask you now that we talk about this and this is something that is talked a lot uh, by China YouTubers. Oh. Um, I I've always seen you as a moderator in a lot of live streams from big YouTubers. Um, how did you, what moved you to do that? How? Well, uh, I don't consider myself as uh, anything important. I just uh, consider myself as somebody who is able to put my expression in a community that's able to read them. Okay, so I first got started when, again, during the Hong Kong protest, I was on YouTube and I first saw Daniel Dumbrell's uh, video explaining about the protests. And that, again, was the start of the rabbit hole, which got me mm. more uh, videos that were introduced to me, like, like the Barretts and even yourself. Um, so, and when they started the uh, Let's Stop China uh, live stream, I was the first one from the first day to the last uh, stream. And I was there to give my input on whatever I knew as mm-hmm. a Singaporean, as With a person in living in Hong Kong and now living in China, seeing the stuff in China and in Hong Kong and just giving my honest opinions. That's it. I think, you know? uh, I think yeah. for me, especially Daniel, he, he really explains and articulates the, his thoughts, uh, you know, uh, in, a, in a way that is, uh, that is, easy to understand right and and he does his research i guess very yeah, well yeah he does know? his homework that's another thing yes i like something that you said on the one of the live streams that oh. um cyrus and daniel were having oh, okay. um i think i mentioned it during the, the, the stream i said like i like your approach like we're all here to learn i mean because there's some people trolls and whatnot so when people watch these live streams they they take it as an opportunity to just just shit on things and shit on people right. and whatnot, but you you're very moderate in that sense. Yeah. Like like look, mind your language, mind your thoughts, and don't start crap. You don't need to be. And yeah, then right. we can all stay Basically. here and learn. Right. I really really appreciate that because that's that's why I said that's why I'm there. So you mean people really uh, people that are against maybe the people talking. They write things in yeah, a every, there, there's, way. Like I said, again, uh, even for my models, they are fans of the models. They are anti-fans of the models, right? right? So the per- people who are not in favor of my models will be criticizing it uh, profusely. Um, and of course, I can deal with that in an aggressive manner or in a more subdued manner, right? I could seek out their understanding on exactly what is wrong that is causing them so much pain, right? Or I could just knock them <laughs> off and, and, you know, but that's not the way I do things, right? Because mm-hmm. I think everybody has a mind that needs to be respected. Everybody is born from a mother and father. We are actually no different, although we have different levels of thoughts. And that's about it. So if we have a, 
a thought level that may be uh, you know uh, you know more more critical. We cannot just brush off somebody else's opinion. We have to, in fact, be the teacher and and the the guide to say, hey, you know, how about if you look at it this way? You know, present something in a question versus giving them something to stuff down their throats as this is it. You have to listen. But on the flip side, if they were to look at it in the mirror, they are actually telling us to just stuff it down our throats versus, mm. again, looking from another side of perspective. So, so you sounds like you have the right personality to be a moderator. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't I, be a moderator. If just this way, this the world would be more uh, at least uh, um, pleasant. I would say. <laughs> well, the world, can argue with people, the world should be pre- pleasant. Should be. Yes. Should be right. We we there's no need for us to take the aggressive approach at every instant. I agree. Right? I mean, if the guy serves me the coffee cold, I would just say, could you please heat it up? I wanted it hot. I don't have to say, what the hell is this? You take it back and, you know. And some people do. Right, I mean, right? then there's a problem with me, yes. not with the yes. coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I didn't yeah. think yeah. so. <laughs> so anger management. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very, I'm Latino. I'm very hot-headed. I'm like, <laughs> No, I'm hot-headed. In fact, I'm, I'm a, a very hot-tempered person from young. My friends would know me. I, I'm a very uh, hot-tempered person. So you changed. But I, yeah, I think I... I evolved. Well, I evolved. <laughs> I evolved. I think I, I, I learned. And then people tell me, if you look at yourself, right, you're, you're shouting like that, what will people think of you? As, even though how educated you are, right. they wouldn't see the education. They would see this this guy who can't control himself. Right. So, mm-hmm. so when that sinked in, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Then I, it's up to me to carry on being like that or accept this criticism and better myself because it is a betterment of myself Mm -hmm. to be able to control and be in a more rational way than to just be a madman so you 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 moderated um you moderated a few a few channels i guess but before Uh, no actually i only moderated one Ah, one. because uh on that particular day uh, daniel messaged me on wechat said hey would you like to moderate my live stream tomorrow Ah, and although i'm at the factory most of the time i said you know i'm able to do it because that particular next day i was actually free okay so i and and, just did that and which one was that with live with uh, with the uh, bay area no oh bay area yeah Yeah. so i I Uh was So just that yeah. One. So even when I was moderating, I felt the pressure because I promised a friend that I would do the job. Right. They're gonna do it properly. Sure. So I was, I was looking at everything, and uh, as long as there's nothing uh, too cynical, you know, they are free to engage in their opinions. All right. Yeah. Cool. Guys, we're gonna take a very short break, and we're gonna come back with Noel Lee talking a little bit more about his experience in China. Don't go anywhere. And we are back. Now, um, we were talking about YouTube and you wanted to ask a question to the table, basically. Yeah, I guess, you know, we are all uh, avid YouTube watchers and uh, we have channels. Uh, Fernando is getting into the big league. Ziv, Ziv has his own channel, so go subscribe to Ziv. Follow follow me. (laughs) Um, And um, we were talking about Daniel, we mentioned the Barrett, right? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, China YouTubers. How, who are the biggest ones now? And how, how many are there? China YouTubers are based in China. Yes. Because um, that's, that's a caveat, right? Because there's people outside of China making videos about China. Uh, and there is, and I include Cyrus. Cyrus Jansen so is Cyrus in Canada. Cyrus is not in China, but he used to live yeah. here for 10 years, right? Uh, okay. And then there are people in China making videos about China. Right. Um, so who do, you, who do you watch, for example? Um, I will watch whoever is uh, putting up a new video and okay. is notified to me. So I wouldn't actually go and search a particular channel to watch something. Right, right. Because uh, again, I have my own uh, priorities like with work. And that also involves a lot of research on YouTube for my planes and collectibles. And also to make my own uh, videos on, on, on my channel. You resist so, the rabbit hole? Uh, yeah, I, 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 yes, it is a rabbit hole because yeah. Um, there is just so much content on YouTube yes. that you, 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 you can just sit there and, and just be glued mm-hmm. and you can basically be there forever True. so you got to know when to again it's, it's like everything in life you got to know when to step back because at one point in time I was uh, so involved in following the American uh, news e- elections that everything was recommended to me it's all oh, about that yeah. and if I would just look at everything it's just wasting my time per se because yes. it's the same thing said over and over again by different yes. people right so 
I need to, you know, uh, have some self-discipline to be able to filter off what is important right. and what is not. It's hard. And it's hard, but... Self-discipline. It's, yes. it's self-discipline. Self it's not impossible. Right. It's not impossible. Um, but still, yeah. who d- so who do you watch the most right now? In, um, for China YouTubers. Again, um, a lot of recommendation from uh, Mr. Jerry Good from Qingdao. Mm-hmm. And most recently... You met him, right? Uh, not yet. Okay. We were planning a trip together this Chinese New Year to go to some... Uh, if Jerry, if you're listening, um, to uh, like a like a mountain to stay with some monks overnight, oh. but I guess because oh. of the COVID uh, travel restrictions, right. you got to get tested, you got to stay quarantined. So we just sort of shelved the idea for a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but it'll be great. It'll be you know great to meet up with Jerry. Yeah. Sorry, and who else? Yeah. And also, and uh, yeah, Jason from uh, this is uh, China, this is China, right? Right. So he's he's he's, he's, he's very interesting. He's got his new uh, style, the AKAs, and uh, he, he's like in a, yeah, he's, always like a tenth yeah, tier city yeah. or something. In fact, yeah. in fact I was uh, almost gonna meet Jason just for the burger uh, challenge, for the burger, for, well, for the burger thing because <laughs> I'm also a burger person, and I thought that he was actually in Huizhou, but I. Was mis- no. uh, mistaken. He was actually in Guizhou. Uh-huh. Yes. So Guizhou from Shenzhen is actually pretty easy. near, right. but Guizhou is, is <laughs> yeah. quite a hike. So, so sorry you about got that. Burger yeah. King closer to you. Yeah, I got lots yeah. of Burger Kings. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you watch, Fernando? Look, um, I watch pretty much uh, anything that Daniel Dombrell puts out. Yeah. Um, Cyrus, yeah. Uh, the Barretts. When they go into factories, I'm not that interested. When they're going into some of the political views and things, that's something that I watch because I right. found myself being drawn to right. to be more political than anything else right. um, I watch um, Alex Absolute here and there Alex Absolute uh, Jerry as well uh, but I try to to inform myself uh, I don't follow them for following them I just want to inform myself as to what is it that they're thinking what what is what is their line of thinking and uh, do I agree or not with what they're saying and that's uh, that's re- the reason why I watch quite a lot so, some of these YouTubers. So you, you do similar videos, right? But you probably want to also see that you you don't do the same video, like uh, you have a different angle or, or sure. something like, like that. Sure. Like for example, right? my Xinjiang video, which is doing extremely well right now, uh, I I held up so long to make it. Like I just why? I just want to be right. Mm. I just want to be right about this. So the more I was able to to gather all this information, I felt like okay, I'm ready to to make this video. I'm now working on a video on on. This is interesting because I always said there are three things that I don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about Taiwan. I don't want to talk about Tiananmen, and I don't want to talk about uh, Tibet. But I'm thinking, well, maybe I should just recalibrate Why don't you that. Want to talk about it? Um, because I don't know enough. Yes. Because I don't know enough. I mean, I lived in China for 20... Let me explain. Well, I was there and I was reading and I was investigating and researching and I was like, yeah, this, this is a, this is something that makes sense to me. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So when I got to that point, with the help of all these other YouTubers, I was like, okay, I can make a video. Right. What do you watch? Um, I watch a lot of, uh videos of how to, how to be a YouTuber right now. <laughs> uh, you know, there is also like, that's a rabbit hole. I have to stop doing that. No, but uh, like I said before, Daniel uh, is very good. And I watch, I mean, from China YouTubers, it's just no time, right, to watch. There is a lot. Um, Jairo Nation. Uh, that's, oh, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I watch Jairo a he's lot. He's good. I like him. Recently, I like his... Uh, is uh rants rants yes <laughs> well, that rant was and you know being very honest i don't really uh, it's really rare for me to finish a video because hmm. it's just some of them it's like it's 30 minutes it's interesting but it's too much like you said you know the self-discipline but you know you always have that in the uh it's safe there right so you can mm-hmm. go back to your history it's like continue a video or something like that but um i don't you think that we just to talk about it a little bit, right? It's it's getting some of the political views is getting too much. Like yes. I don't think so. You don't? I disagree. I think that is becoming more and more necessary because the temperature is rising abroad. The attacks are just coming harder and harder. 
So when the intensity goes up over here, the intensity needs to go up over I here. I think Daniel said something in the few minutes only that I watched his uh, thing with Cyrus. Um, that uh, that's interesting. He said it's uh, it's important that more people will voice that. Not necessarily. I don't know if he meant that, but I think not necessarily the same people always voice that. It's just the same people saying it again, but more people. The issue is that. Well, sorry. Yeah, I, th I think since you mentioned about Daniel and Cyrus, I think Cyrus's takeaway point is to is to build bridges. Right. So instead of expressing your views on anything that's political, how about you are expressing to build a bridge across the other view? Right. I think that's more important. Kind of like what you said before. Sorry, give me one second. Uh, somebody, just, uh, are we okay? Yeah. All right. Yeah, sorry. Well, it does look. Like it's, like going, like to it's rain, going to rain, yeah. yeah. Any minute yeah. now. Should we well, just wrap it up? Yeah. yeah. Well, Noel, thank you so much. Caliber Wings, as I call him. Thank right. you so very much and for coming. And we put the link to your channel right here below. Sure. Or, and in the, uh, if you are listening on Apple or Spotify, we can put notes there. Yeah. And thank you very much for yeah. the presence. Yeah. 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 That's nice. <laughs> thank you for having me. I, I prefer that one, if you don't mind. Yeah, you can have that okay. one. Okay. It's okay. It goes with you. Goes yeah, with you me. need the hats more than me. Ah, <laughs> oh, God. Get out of here. Ouch. All right. No, thanks again very much for, for making your way all the way to yeah. Dongguan from Shenzhen for joining us and giving us some of your time and sharing your products, your ideas, and your experiences. It was really, really lovely, man. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. And next time, I would know how to pick up the collectible. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I will. Uh, yeah, be more careful. <laughs> Thank you very and, much. Uh, it's great talking to you today. And don't call uh, them toys. <laughs> no, and with your toys. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Well, you know how it goes. If you like this video, give it a thumbs up. And if you like the content of our channel, make sure to hit the subscribe button. And when you do that, the bell. Yeah, hit the bell. I, I don't know about the bell, you know. You don't have to, okay, if you don't want to. Anyway, follow right. us on our social media. That's going to be down here. And until we see you again, that was, of course, China. Bye. Bye. -bye. Thank you. Bye.